Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Well, good morning. It's great to have you with us as we continue our journey through the Psalms. We um, will be wrapping up, not today, but tomorrow. Today we find ourselves deep in the Psalter, however, and we're looking at Psalm 142. I'm going to just read that very quickly and then let these guys jump in. It's a mascal of David when he was in the cave. Um, just to provide some context, I believe that the the time period of the life of David is when he is on the run and he finds himself in the cave of Adullam. It's 1 Samuel 22. Um, it's probably one of the low points in the life of David. Um, I would encourage you to read that. He is just acted insane in front of the king of Gath. Um, he finds himself in a cave in Adullam um, with a, a huge amount of kind of the the riffraff of society is actually kind of what the, the text talks about. So you're at a low point and then you're kind of surrounded by, um, if you will, not to be unkind, but kind of the, the losers of, of, of the time period. Um, so it's kind of a hard time. And so then he writes this, With my voice I cry out to the Lord. With my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see. There is none who takes notice of me. My refuge remains in me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Hmm. So here's the time he talks about, there's none that takes notice of me, no refuge remains to me, no one cares for my soul. If you go back to the history of this moment, um, if you followed it, what had happened is he tried to find refuge at his house, and that didn't work. Um, he has to flee. He tried to go to Samuel. That doesn't work. He tries to go to the priest at Nob. That doesn't work. He goes to Gath. That didn't work. And now he's in a cave. So if, when he's talking about no refuge remains to me, um, that's not just hyperbole. He really has exhausted um, every place that he felt like he might be able to get some help. And he literally found no help from any one of those sources. And so when he says, my refuge remains to me, no refuge, he, he's being serious. Yeah. And do remember that when David was, and this is after, David as a very young man had been anointed by Samuel to become king of Israel. And of course, at that time, and, and right now, uh, in the context of this psalm, 
uh, Saul is still on the throne, but when when David was first anointed by Samuel, that must have been a high point. And what he's discovered is that this calling that God put on his life, it seems to him, has led to nothing but hardship and rejection and a threat on his life and to be on the run. And, and as Russ is pointing out, he, pointing out, he's he's exhausted every source of refuge and finds himself in this cave surrounded by a bunch of losers. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the description in the Bible. It's everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontent. Is, is that... It was it was the true island of misfit toys there. I mean, yes. that, you know, and it describes a it describes a lot of us, you know, in terms of you know, you know, God says He didn't call many of the world's great. You know, no, he's, here, he's, it, you're missing the probably the the clincher. So Phil's right. It was everyone in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was bitter in soul. Yeah, boy, this is a party. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, and and you know we we reflect on uh, this psalm and we recognize that it it's in the same vein as <laughs> Psalm fifty seven, which is when he's in the cave. Also, uh, in that in Psalm fifty seven, there was an encouraging note. There was a you know David is actually. Um, in, inspired by the fact that uh, you know the only one that's for him is the Lord. He, you know he's re- you know they've set a net for my feet. They've dug a pit for me. All these things, but my heart is steadfast. Oh God, you know I I sing and I make melody. And you know I don't know how much later it was that he's recording the this psalm, um, but it's probably focused a little more on the realities of his situation um, instead of his expectations. And uh, he again, he's saying they've they they've made a trap for me, uh, you know. And this is the this is his experience, and I think that it remind it reminds us, you know. There, you know, I mean, we, we look at things from you know, the glass half full, the glass half empty, and here's here's the the glass half empty at times. Um, uh, but in the end, uh, you know, I, I'll I'll end up coming back to uh, the. You know the point where he ends up here. I say, "You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living." To to have a portion, to be allotted your portion by God, is probably the greatest blessing that any of us can ever experience. Mm-hmm. If we've ever been in that, if we, you know, I mean, you think about, uh, you know, we're we're ministers. You know, in one sense, we're we're like the a Levitical priesthood, you know, who weren't allotted a piece of land, who weren't, you know, but in the whole point of that was God was saying, I am your portion. Everybody else is getting this. You're getting me. Hmm. And uh, and this is the most comforting thing that we can ever have out of this psalm. In spite of everything that's going on, you know, he's ending up, with the understanding that God is his part. God is the, and if you have God as your part, you have everything. Yeah, this this is categorized, Psalm 142 is categorized as an individual psalm of lament. There are, there are corporate, psalms of corporate lament of the whole people of God. Um, and this one is, is individual lament, and it's a wonderful a wonderful model for our prayers when we are 
we are heartbroken and feel alone um, and find ourselves in a in a cave or uh, emotionally anyway and <laughs> feeling like we're in a cave and abandoned uh, like David and and notice the the first three verbs in Psalm 142 in the first verses first two verses David says I cry I plead I pour out I tell my troubles mm-hmm. with my voice I cry to the Lord with my voice I plead for mercy I pour out my complaint before him and I tell my trouble before him. There's a real model for, for us here uh, that, that prayer doesn't need to be happy talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, I've been in so many prayer groups and, and I know you guys can identify. I've been, well, I'll just uh, be honest about it. I've been in pastor's prayer groups where it was kind of a competition to see who could rouse everybody's heart with their prayer and uh, sometimes prayer is just the cry of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. And David models for us here honesty and candor in prayer and pouring out his broken heart to God. The, the verb that's being used in verse 1 is, comes back in verse 5, I cry, I cry. Um, it, it actually, in the original, is, is, is stronger than that. It, it's almost to the level of I scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, he, and so I, I think Phil is on to something, that sometimes there's a brokenness that we have that we need to come to God with. And sometimes life is really hard. Sometimes life yeah, is right. it's hurtful. It's, we feel um, this sense of urgency. That's the sense of this, um, mm-hmm. of what's going on here. David is coming at the end of himself, and he's saying, I have nowhere else to turn. I am a broken man. I'm living in a broken world. I'm afraid. I'm alone. Um, I don't have the strength to hold up anymore, but I'm coming to God, and I'm crying out. I can express my need, but I'm pleading for what I need, which is mercy and grace. I, yeah, I, need... I can't I can't compare myself to David because I'm not in that cave, but you know, anybody that's gone into a cave – knows that it feels like a dead end you know like yes. you know like this is the last place and i know like you know for instance last night i don't think i i don't feel like i slept for more than 15 minutes at a time through the night i kept waking up with the same prayer on my in my mind and an unresolved feeling uh, you know all through the night and that's the and some of us are feeling that way there's something unresolved, and here's a, a prayer that actually helps um, order um, our prayers in the time of distress. You know, there is, you know, at the mouth of that cave, just a little bit of light, <laughs> and, and that's what he's praying toward is that little bit of light. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he's, he's troubled. He's overwhelmed. You know, and this is how we feel oftentimes. You know, maybe we're not in David's dire situation, but we are in a situation that feels unresolved and with outside of our capacity to deal with. Mm-hmm. And this it, is David's prayer. It's interesting that part of the answer to his prayer that David's really saying is, I need worship and I need your people. That's the last verse. Mm-hmm. Bring me out of prison and I may give thanks to your name. It's really so I can worship. Right. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. And right. I think we underestimate. I mean, 
I mean, this probably isn't the one place in Scripture I'm going to use to defend the means of grace, but I think we underestimate the means of grace, that God uses the corporate body, corporate worship, corporate fellowship, the the communion of saints as a restorative effect in in our lives to help us in our times of despair and discouragement and, and loneliness or whatever it is. Yes. Well, and also we've kind of joked about how David is surrounded in the cave of Adullam. He's surrounded by a bunch of losers and malcontents. And when we're down, when we're discouraged, we begin also to get discouraged about the people around us and see them with a jaundiced eye and, uh, and think that my basic problem is that I'm surrounded by the wrong people. And uh, it's, it, 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 it makes all the difference in this psalm to remember that historically what God did with this crew that was surrounding David, this crew of losers became David's mighty men. David's mighty men and the most effective fighting force that, that led him to victory again and, and, and again. Um, they, became, they became Robin Hood and his merry men. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, God, God is capable of transforming, and we don't want to rush there. This is a psalm of lament. And sometimes you just got to live there for a little while. But, you know, God is quite capable of transforming us and the people around us into, and, and by the way, you know, pastors get discouraged with this. You know, I'm, 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 in, I'm in a hole and I'm surrounded by the wrong people. God, you gave me the wrong church members. No, God, is, God remains faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, God is going to use even these people around you and transform you and, and, and them for his purpose. Uh, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Uh, we're glad you joined us today. Hope to have you here again tomorrow. 